Welcome to The Birth Collective, a podcast to honour the birth journey collectively from conception, pregnancy, through to birth, breastfeeding and beyond. I'm your host, Tina Pullen, and in each episode, I'll be joined by experts in the birth space, as well as mums at different stages in their birth journey, sharing their knowledge and experiences. joining us on another episode of the Birth Collective Podcast. I love that you're here again, or maybe for the first time, and you want to start listening to some positive birth stories. I've got a great one for you today. So today we're joined by Nicole, who's going to be talking all about her conception, pregnancy, birth, a bit about NICU, special care, and sharing all her tips that got her through and were allowed her to have the most positive experience possible, even when things didn't quite go to plan. So hi, Nicole. Hi. Hi. So excited to have you here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me, Tina. So my name is Nicole. I'm 27 years old and I reside in Sydney with my partner. I am an online coach and a personal trainer and a first-time mummy. Yay. Um, I'll jump straight into um, my fertility story. Oh, yes. Let us us know all about that. So it all started when I went on a spiritual retreat last year to do some inner child healing and find peace. Um, I went with a friend. I'm a big spiritual person, you know, all about that. I've always loved spiritual retreats and I always loved exploring my spirituality. I had quite a rough upbringing as a child and I wanted to heal some trauma and a lot of things came up for me when I came back home to Sydney but I felt like a new woman you know I felt refreshed I just felt amazing and I my my relationship with my partner was so good and I did a lot of releasing now disclaimer I'm not saying go on a retreat and you'll come back home and you'll be pregnant (laughs) okay um however I went However, before I went on the retreat, I went to go see my female health GP and I asked her to run some tests to make sure everything was okay with me um, as my partner and I were happily in love and we agreed if we felt pregnant and it happened, we would be delighted, but we weren't planning, you know. Yeah, right. You're like, whatever happens. Whatever happens, we'll go with it, but we're not planning, like we're living our best life, we're not planning, Um, but we weren't safe. You know, yeah. So my doctor agreed. Everything was fine with my blood work, um, and she said, "If you've been trying over two years, then we have to be concerned. But you're young and you're healthy, so don't worry." And I was like, "Yeah, cool." So I went on my retreat, did my healing, came back to Sydney, um, and at the time I was living with my parents. And my mom had randomly called me this one day and said, "Look," and she was down south on holiday, and she's like, "Look, we bought a land and we're building." And moving to Batemans Bay, which is four hours away. And I was like, what? Obviously, I'm not moving down south. I mean, I'd love to, but I, my work is down here. My, you know, my clients, my partner, you know, my life is in Sydney. And Batemans Bay is like, you know, very chilled. So I said, oh, that's great. So I guess I need to move out. Right. So in the meantime, I was house hunting and looking for a place to stay. And um, this is my first place with my partner. 
So, you know, we were very excited. It was like, we're starting fresh and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But for some reason, last year, this year, I was reading a lot about fertility and how to start planning. Unconsciously doing that. So I was liking a lot of posts on Instagram, listening to a lot of podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm reading a lot of books and stuff. And I came across this person called Gabriella Rosa Fertility. And I was following her and I was reading all her stuff and, you know, anyway. And then I was like, oh, you know, we'll just see how it goes. I told my partner, you know, you have to start living and eating and doing things like you're pregnant, right? Because we need to start changing our lifestyle. I I actually had a call with this Gabriella Rose Fertility. And um, I spoke to her on the phone and I was like, yeah, she asked me, like her assistant called me. And assistant asked me a thousand questions. And I was like, yeah, I don't smoke. I don't, uh, I drink now and then, blah, blah, blah. My partner does the same. She was asking us about our lifestyle, what we do. And this is when we moved in. So we just moved in on the Friday and she called the same day. Anyway, so she said, look, I'll call you back. I'll call you back on the weekend or so. And I'll send you a book. I'll send you some information about fertility. Um, and I would like you to start reading that. And I was like, yeah, cool. And I when I found out about the price, I was like kind of freaked out. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> that's a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of money to start the process. But anyway. And then one Friday in June last year, I felt super emotional and angry. And I messaged my sister in England. And I was like, oh, you know, David is annoying me, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm putting it all on him. And she's like, I think you should take a pregnancy test. And I took the pregnancy test on the Friday and it came back negative. I was like, see, I'm not pregnant. She said to me, take another one because she took five pregnancy tests and they all came back negative. And I was like, okay. I said, stop it. Monday, I went to the doctor. I said, doctor, test, test me. I think I'm pregnant. And she's like, okay. And it came back positive. I was so in shock. I was not sure I was in shock after the crazy week I had moving houses because this was the following week after I moved into a new place with my partner. I, I moved houses in one day, all while I was pregnant and I didn't know. And I was drinking red wine every night. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be going to be parents. I was so in shock. I hadn't told my partner yet. I called my sister. It was her birthday. And I said to her, happy birthday. This is your birthday present. You're going to be an auntie in 2022. And she was so happy. And she supported me a lot during my pregnancy. And she's overseas, so she's not here with me. Anyway, the same night I told my partner, and he goes to me, I had a feeling you were pregnant. I had a feeling. <laughs> it's like they just know. On the Tuesday, the fertility people called me. And I was like, yeah, thank you. I got the parcel, but um, I don't think I'll need this anymore because I'm actually pregnant. And she was like, oh, my God, Gabriella is going to be so happy. Um, and I was like, yes, thank you. I've been doing everything she said, you know, in terms of lifestyle, health and all of that. I am a fairly relatively healthy person. Um, but, you know, like doing things like, not wearing certain stuff and blah, 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 blah. Anyway, trying a more holistic approach before you do, you know, the whole IVF process. Anyway, I went to a few appointments and ultrasounds by myself, of course. This was in the peak of COVID. 
So at that time, I felt quite unsupported by the public health system. I mean, coming from a third world country, I was I felt very blessed, but I don't I didn't feel like I was supported enough. I decided to hire a doula, and I did my research looking for doulas in Sydney. Half of them were booked out. Um, you know, it was a very it was a very busy time, and I was even considering having a home birth. I didn't know that Medicare actually like gives money back, like gives you a rebate or something if you have a home birth. I think it's like seven grand, and they pay like you pay three or five. I'm not sure. Yeah, I think you. I think with most midwives, you pay about four or five grand out of pocket, it was, it was, and then the rest is covered by Medicare. Still a lot though. It was seven thousand. And I was like, you know what? This is a lot of money. And um, we have a lot of good hospitals. I don't think this is the route to go right now. I was like, you know what? And my family didn't really support me in having a home birth because it's my first baby. And they were like, no, you know, have it in a hospital. It's much safer. And I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Moving on. (laughs) So... (laughs) Anyway, also at that time, Birth Time came out, the show. Oh, okay. And I watched that at work and I was like, I need, I need to have a home birth. So I booked in at the birth center, right? Oh, yes. So you're local to the birth center? My local is the birth center. um, Nice. A lot was happening in the medical world with COVID and I just felt very frightened and scared, you know. Um, I was reading a lot of stuff, following a lot of midwives, lots of doulas. There was lots going on around birth rights and all of that. Um, so I just kept doing my research. I wasn't sleeping some days because I was reading so much books, listening to podcasts, birth stories. Rachel Reed was my go-to. Um, oh, I love, I love her. her. <laughs> yeah um listening to birth keepers on social medias more doulas listening to midwives i was doing the most right um and with covid and all the stuff happening around the world i just felt i needed to know more and know my rights especially in the hospital setting anyway so during my pregnancy i did chiro i did acupuncture massages pelvic floor physio i literally invested in my pregnancy because i wanted it to be the best pregnancy possible, right? Mm. Um, I did your hypnobirthing course, which I'm so thankful for. I used all the tools in that hypnobirthing course and I made sure, even though things went a bit sideways, I made sure, you know, I was like, no, that's my birth plan. No, that's my birth plan. <laughs> it was so bad. That's great. Anyway, no. So... Um, fast forward, 41 weeks and two days, I was overdue. Um, mm. You know, I, like I said, I was doing acupuncture, I was doing chiro, I was doing everything to try and bring on labor as well. I was eating my dates, I was drinking my raspberry leaf tea, I was walking when I could, it was raining a lot, um, so I really couldn't go outside. But anyway, I was doing the most and I felt really you know, like everyone was having their babies at this mm-hmm. year. And except me, I'm having my baby like so late. It's not coming. He's, he was not coming. I spoke to a few people about induction. I reached out to you about induction. Um, I was quite scared to go for a stretch and sweep. 
um just because it's so it felt like it's very violating it's like you know yeah fingers in you and whatever i mean i have nothing against people who do stretch and sweep if you do that that's you know that's your thing you do you boo yeah but i just wanted to have this both in the most natural way possible 40 weeks nothing 41 weeks nothing 41 plus two on the thursday I had my appointment with the hospital to do monitoring and um, an ultrasound. Oh, okay. So this morning I got up and I was like, today is the day we're going to the hospital to check on Bob, make sure he's okay. I did my hair. I curled my hair. <laughs> I did my makeup. <laughs> I was like, today is the day. Oh, my God. I have a photo of how I look. I have to show you. Anyway, so my appointment was 10 o'clock. Oh, by the way, my mom had come from Batemans Bay because she lives there now for six months. She had come on the 1st of March, which was his due date. Ah. Oh. So stayed here waiting for his arrival and he's not coming. And so it's like extra pressure. <laughs> yeah, like your mom's waiting, you're mom's waiting. waiting. Everyone's waiting. My partner's waiting. You know, the phone calls we're getting and like, is the baby here yet? The baby come. Is the baby here yet? Is the baby come? I'm just like, stop calling. No one asks me anymore if the baby's here. <laughs> My best friend kept calling me every day. When is this baby coming? When is this baby coming? I'm like, don't <laughs> call <it> anymore. <laughs> um, so on this day, the 10th of March, um, I went to the hospital. I left my mum. She was making a mad roast. Potatoes, meat, all this delicious food. We were going to have this nice dinner when I got home. I got to the hospital and they monitored Bob and he was fine. They monitored his heart rate, checked his movements. Every time he was kicking me, I had to press the buzzer. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had an ultrasound after that. And they put you in this room with other people that's doing monitoring. So I have one lady that was getting an eye infusion ac across from me, another lady that I don't know what she was there for. But it felt very, like, intimidating. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It was just a weird day. Anyway, so I had my ultrasound laying there, and the sonographer goes to me. She's like, you have a big baby. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty aware I have a big baby. I mean, have you seen my belly? <laughs> she's like no he's 4.9 kilos and I was like yeah that's fine ultrasounds are off by a few numbers it's all good in my head I'm not saying this mm. to them right? yes because they think you're cuckoo like you're crazy so she's measuring me and stuff and I get off the bed I put on my clothes I go into the next room she goes thank you just wait in the next room for the doctor the doctor will come and see you I said okay so I've been there since 10 o'clock. It's 12 o'clock. Doctor come and sees me. In this room with other women, so one, two, three women in this room, he comes and talks to me. He goes, hey, Nicole, my name is Doctor, blah, 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 blah. Um, I just want to let you know that we've done your ultrasound. We've got your results. And your baby's quite big. He's 4.9 kilos. And I was like, yeah. In front of everyone, he goes to me, um, you have a big baby, but I'm just going to get the other results from the monitoring and I'll get back to you. Have you thought about induction? 
would you like to do a stretch and a sweep today in front of everyone like not everyone but in front of these women and I'm like no I haven't thought of a stretch and sweep and I'm fine um thank you and anyway he calls me into the room a few minutes later at this point I'm messaging my partner I'm like this doctor really wants to induce me today and I'm really not here for an induction I'm not here for induction because I know this baby's coming he's coming very soon I can feel it when you know you just know so he takes me into another room and he goes to me um Nicole your baby's 4.9 kilos um this is considered quite a large baby we might even need to offer you a cesarean it's your first baby um and I'm sitting there and I'm sweating I'm sweating because I'm anxious I'm sweating because it's this male doctor and I know from a hospital point of view they have to be cautious and tell you this and that and then that but I already said to him no induction no cesarean in the other room in front of everyone so he goes to me that's fine we'll bring in another doctor she's a female doctor obstetrician um you can have a chat to her these two doctors are sitting in front of me and they're like you know if you don't have a cesarean today um you could have possible stillbirth this baby it's fine david you can bring him back boob booby monster <laughs> i'm having your your brunch he's like i just want a nap on the on the boob have a sleep on the boob yeah. sleep at the bar <laughs> sleep at the bar anyway so she she's talking to me she goes you have a high risk of stillbirth if you leave here today you don't get induced based on what like just because exactly. he's big exactly. or like i don't know that's so and it's so weird to me how it's like he's 4.9 kilos not like the ultrasound predicts that it could be around 4.9 kilos it's like as if it's fact exactly and and let me say before prior to the hospital appointment i already did my research i went on evidence-based evidence-based birth.com i read about big babies I read about induction. I read about stretch and sweep. I read about everything possible before they attacked me. And look, I'm not saying this like I felt attacked, but when someone says to you something and you believe, and I said to him, I believe this baby's coming very soon. And he's like, yep, but you know, this, that, 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 this, and just keep going and going and going. I'm like, you're not listening to me. I could possibly have this baby right now. So he said to me, that's okay. After 20 minutes in the room with two doctors, he goes, that's okay. I said, thank you. I'm fully aware. And I take full responsibility of what happens when I walk out of this door. I take full responsibility of my baby and of myself. Thank you. Um, thank you for your time. Thank you for telling me about your procedures, your policy and all of that. But I'm aware. Okay. Walked out the door. I walked out of there so fast went to my car <laughs> I put on um heel song music and I was like praying look I'm not even a religious person right but I was praying I was like God if you heard the doctors today let this baby come out please I don't want to get induced because they booked me for induction on Monday oh, so okay yeah. we have to book you either way um you know you're 41 plus two we have to book you either way 
So I said, fine, book me for Monday. Who cares? It's Thursday. If he doesn't come by tomorrow, I'm coming in here Saturday to get a stretch and sweep. I'm telling you, I'm coming in Saturday to get a stretch and sweep. And they're like, okay. You're like, I'm telling you what I'm doing. I'm, You're not telling me. Don't tell me what I'm doing. I mean, I'm from Africa. We give birth in the bush. Okay. Yeah. So anyway. Exactly. I, I walk out of there. I'm playing my Hillsong music so loud. I'm driving home on Parramatta Road. I'm like, oh, my God. The power of your love. Lord, bring this baby today. Singing, 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 right? Singing, like just releasing. I felt like I needed to release. I got home. I'm flustered. My mom's in the kitchen cooking this big roast for me. I'm like, mommy, this has happened at the appointment today. My mom goes to me, your sister said you should have the induction. Just have the induction. Let the baby come today. I'm like, my sister said that. No chance. <laughs> now I'm even not going to have this induction. <laughs> I'm walking up and down in the house. I stopped pacing. I'm on the phone to my partner. I'm like, I just got home from the hospital. The induction is booked for Monday. So regardless what happens this weekend, if he does not come, Monday is his birthday. What's the date on Monday? <laughs> That's the day he's being born. They're taking him out. I've lost control. He's like, okay. He's like, it's fine. You know, at this point, he's also over it. So he's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. You know, it's been a long time. You've been pregnant for a long time now. I'm walking up and down. I'm like, you know, still trying to be positive in my mind. I'm like, mommy, let me eat something because something is happening. Let me eat some food. I won't be able to eat this food tonight. Those are my words. I'm eating food. We had curry, leftover curry. Do not eat curry <laughs> when you're about to go into labor. Your burps will be curry. <laughs> anyway, I'm eating curry. I had a little bit. My doula said to me, and, and anyone, please, if you're pregnant, don't take this advice. Uh, seek medical advice first. <laughs> But my doula said to me, get some evening primrose oil and insert that into your vagina. Did you hear of that already? Have you heard yeah, of that? Yeah, I have. Yeah. The first time I said that to someone, they looked at me weird at Chemist Warehouse. The second time I went to um, another Priceline pharmacy, I said that to the doctor. He goes, oh, you're, you must be in labor or you want labor to come on. I'm like, yeah, because I'm about to insert this vaginally. I'm not taking it orally. He's like, yeah, I've heard that works. I'm like, perfect. I buy the biggest tub of evening primrose oil, thinking that I need to take a lot of tablets, right? I put one inside, and I went to lay on the couch, and I'm laying. This is about 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. I start getting cramps. I'm feeling funny. Like, I'm just feeling funny. Anyway, I start walking up and down. I'm pacing myself. I'm like, let me just go freshen up and do a full face of makeup. I'm going to do my makeup. Because I need to look good if I go into labor. And I was like, yep, I don't care. I need to look good. I'm on the phone to my friend. He's like, oh, my God, as if you're doing your makeup when you're in labor. I'm like, yep, something's happening here. This baby's coming. Anyway, so and I tell my mom, I'm like, I feel something. I feel I'm getting cramps. I'm getting cramps. I'm walking up and down. I'm getting cramps. I'm on the phone to David again, my partner. I'm like. I think something is happening today. Like this baby is either coming today or tomorrow. I'm a first time mom, so it could take a long time. He's like, do you want me to come home right now? I'm like, no. He's at work. I'm like, don't come home. You still have like an hour left to work. I'm like, don't come home. Continue working. 
my mom's here it's all good i'm gonna message my doula i messaged my doula i said look something is happening i'm not sure but i feel like something's happening she's like that's fine whenever you want me to come just message me i'm like cool laying on the couch get up again walking up and down start bouncing on my ball my fitness ball take out my tense machine put that on my back i'm in control breathing start playing my hypnobirthing tracks in my ears walking up and down breathe slow through every surge i was like yep this is all good my mom is someone who does not like pain firstly she does not like to see her children in pain and secondly she's had all three cesareans she doesn't know what labor's like thirdly my sister who has six kids tried to have a home birth with us in the house and that did not go to plan because the waters did not break so she had to go to the hospital so my mom has some type of like trauma around birth so she is on the phone to my partner she's like you need to come home asap like it's happening i'm like no it's not happening you go do your thing go and come home later it's not happening we're gonna be here for a long time i should have listened to my mom and let him come home <laughs> so i'm laying on the I, I i call him back i said look it's 159 i said look i feel something i'm on the toilet i take my undies down and i look at my my liner and there's my bloody show i didn't lose my mucus plug yet but i see the bloody show i'm on the phone to my partner i'm like oh my god i just lost my bloody show i'm so excited i'm so happy today is the day he's like so i should come home now i'm like no 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 you don't have to come home now but just know that i lost my bloody show he's like okay anyway so um I go lay on the couch again. I'm back on the ball. Anyway, I'm pacing up and down. You know the story when you're in labor. She's trying to keep calm, listening to your tracks, drinking water, coconut water is out. I'm told my mom, put the other coconut water in the freezer. We've got to take it to the hospital tonight. I'm sure day is the day. Time is moving on. My doula arrives quarter past seven. My partner ended up coming home around five. He's watching the footy, rubbing my back while I'm having contractions. I'm like, yep, whatever works. <laughs> um, my doula ended up coming quarter past seven. And my partner said to me, when do you want to go to the hospital? I said, we need to go to the hospital soon. And he's like, okay. When I said that, my mom and my partner started packing up their bags and they put it in the car. My doula comes and she goes, she was doing some pressure points, rubbing my back. She goes, when do you want to go to the hospital? And I'm like, <sighs> trying to breathe through them. My partner said, she said she wanted to go to the hospital 10 minutes ago. So let's go to the hospital. We're in the car. Loud, my hypnobirthing tracks is playing. I'm like listening to all my music. I had a special label playlist. So I'm playing that. My partner's driving to the hospital. We get there. And I was booking at the birth center, right? We get there. The birth center is closed. I'm like why is the birth center closed and the lady at the front is like because of short staff i said but i was just there today i was here today for an appointment the birth center was open she's like yeah sorry we need to go into the delivery ward i was like oh my god this is not what i wanted mm. this is not what I, did. I did not want to go into the delivery ward because from the birth center to the delivery ward there's a big difference 
Well, you're in the hospital, aren't you? You know what? The, the most important thing for me at that point was to stay calm. There was no point I'm going to chuck a hissy fit because the birth center is closed. It's not like they're going to come in, you know. The midwives are all going to rush in because I'm there. I'm not that special. So we're walking into the birth center. I mean, sorry, into the delivery ward. And the lady stops us, the midwife, and she goes, please go into the room. You need to have um, two negative COVID tests. I was like, yep, yeah, cool. I knew that was going to happen anyway. And a PCR for me. You know, when you're in labor and they're testing you for COVID, I was ripping the bags apart, putting the thing in my nose, throwing it on the floor. <laughs> so rude. Chucking oh, you it. don't care at that moment. You're like, I don't give a shit about anything. Oh, gosh. Yep. I'm like testing my partner. I'm throwing it on the floor. I'm like, just leave it on the floor. Don't pick it up. And the midwife comes in. I'm holding my partner. I'm having a contraction. I'm breathing. The people at the entry of the hospital is like, is she in labor? You're doing really well. Is this your first baby? I'm like, hell yeah. Keep my birthing. <laughs> We're walking to the delivery ward. I'm like walking. Walking into the delivery ward. I said to the midwife, I need a pool. I really wanted to have a water bath. Please give me a pool. There's no pool in the delivery ward, a blower pool or anything like that. You get a bath. She goes, this is my favorite ward. This is my favorite room. Even the language they use is different in the delivery ward. Even though I gave them my hypnobirthing um, preferences, my birth plan. Immediately we stepped into the room. My doula came. I'm like, open up the bags, you know, take out my LED lights, put it up, put it in the bathroom, set it up, put this on the wall, get the blue tack out. I was so in control, Tina. I was dictating dictating i shouldn't even be putting my finger like, get to work everyone get, get to, to work, work. yeah <laughs> you wanted me to birth in the delivery since in the delivery get to work my hypnobirthing the sh the hypnobirthing in progress was on the door um my led candles were out david was on to the music you know you have one job <laughs> put the music on. <laughs> david was on to the music um it's about to happen. It's 8.30. Breathing through my surges, thinking about everything I've read, how to breathe, you know, how to stay calm. I'm like, I want to get in the bath, please. No, just wait a bit. Let's do a vaginal examination. No, no vaginal examination. Did you not read my birth plan? Read my birth plan. I'm giving it to her. I gave my birth plan to her, literally gave her a copy. I'm like, read it. She had literally had a scan. She's setting up the monitors and she's literally having a scan. She's doing two things at once. One midwife. One midwife doing everything, okay? She was doing, setting up the, the machine. She is so, like, dismissive. She's in her own zone. I don't know if this is because she's on her own and she doesn't have a second midwife with her and she's doing everything. And she's feeling overwhelmed that I'm dictating and telling her what to do. I don't know. So we're in this room. It's myself, my partner, my doula, the midwife. By the way, I had to get an exemption for my doula. Is that yeah, that's right. I think it just, did it just change like just, the day after or something like that? Yes, it just changed like the day before. It was the, the week before something. It just changed and there was like no exemption letters required. But anyway, they wanted to see the exemption anyway show them that so we're in the in the room 
and all i remember was like no i need to get into the water right now right now i need to get in the water okay we're running the bath water they're putting pressure on my back my doula is on my back she's rubbing my back i'm holding david you know by the way david's hand is broken i just want to mention that my partner had a broken hand so i was like you know really dependent on my doula but i also needed the emotional support of my partner. Emotional. yeah oh it's great you had your doula there yes <laughs> let me tell you i think i broke her hand <laughs> so i ended up getting into the bath and at this point i was really uncomfortable i mind you guys i don't know i don't know how many centimeters i was dilated i don't know where i was at in my labor i was just winging everything um from two o'clock up until 8 30 when we got to the hospital you know i was in control i was controlling my contractions breathing through them after that i lost control so i think i was very close so I'm in the bath and I'm like to my partner, I'm like, take a, take a photo of me and I'm posing. <laughs> so we took the photo of me. I'm like, send it to my mom, send it to my family. So I'm in the bath and I'm tossing and I'm turning, tossing and turning. I just could not get comfortable. And my doula's there, she's giving me ice cubes, you know. Um, so I'm laying in the bath and I'm just trying to envision everything that I plan to envision. So I plan this baby's going to come out in the bath. I'm going to grab him, put him on my chest, all in this bath. No, forget about that. That didn't happen. I'm laying in the bath for a few, for a few hours or a few minutes. I don't know. It feels like ages. And I feel this balloon in between my legs. And I said to my partner, I'm like, there's a balloon in between my legs. And he goes, I think I saw that. I thought it was the head. I'm like, no, it's not the head. But there's a balloon in between my legs they're like looking with a torch at this point the second midwife walked in she is amazing like i need a shout out for her <laughs> she's freaking amazing I need to find her because wow she is great i said to her you're gonna be the best midwife ever she looked and she said to me um we need to take you out of the bath because your waters have not broke broken yet and we need to check the color of the macone of the, the water I have this huge ball in front of me, this balloon, and I get out of the bath and I'm walking into the room on all fours. I drop down and the water breaks and brown meconium comes out. This is considered quite dangerous, you know? So I was like, okay. And all I heard was my partner saying, is everything okay? And I'm like, is everything okay? Is my baby okay? Is everything okay? They're like, yes. I'm like, I'm, I need to start pushing soon. I want to get back into the bath. I want to get back into the bath. They're like, no, you can't get back into the bath. I'm like, I, really, I don't want to tear. I want to get back into the bath. <laughs> around tearing. Yeah. <laughs> don't think about that when you're in labor. Don't think yeah. about it. They're like, okay, we can't put you back in the bath, but we can put you underneath the shower. I'm on all fours on a plastic matting on all fours in the shower. And the, my doula has the shower thing on my back. And I'm, I'm on, on all fours and the shower water is just running over me. And with every contraction, I'm holding onto my partner. I'm pulling him. I'm like, oh, breathing through them, putting pressure. At one point, I asked the midwife, 
why can't I get back into the bath? She's like, um, you know, I don't know. I have to find out for you. And I was like, you know what? Don't worry. At this point, she was under pressure. And I was like, don't worry. They got the water on my back and the water in front of me. I didn't understand why I could not be in the bath with the water, but I was in the shower with the water. Did you require extra monitoring because of the meconium? Yes. Sorry, I forgot about that. So after the meconium broke the sitaminical, we're going to insert, um, can we put the thing on you? And I said, no, I don't want monitoring. They go, we need to monitor Bob because of the meconium. I'm like, yeah, it's fine. They said, can we put the elect the, the electrical thing up you? Um, what is it called? I put it yeah, on. The fetal, fetal electrode. Yes, fetal electrode. Yeah. I'm like, yep, it's fine. At this point, you know what? Anything goes. You're already open. Do what you want. You're yeah. Exactly. And I suppose I suppose you wanted to be able to move around rather than have, if you've got those monitors on you, you monitors can't move. On. You can't go in the water at all. Yes. So they put that on me. They're monitoring Bob. So we had one, wife, one midwife doing the monitoring. and We had one midwife with me and my doula. And from the shower... I went to the toilet. My doula's like, sit on the toilet. Gravity on the toilet? Oh my gosh, that is next level. If you want to accelerate your labor and give birth immediately, get on the toilet. Dude, that toilet was, uh -uh. I'm sitting on the toilet yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, I can't. I can't sit on the toilet. <laughs> ah, it's coming. I can't. Get off the toilet. I'm like, David, get me off the toilet. He took me off the toilet. They put me on the birth stool. The birth stool is the same thing. It's the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> they put me on the birth stool. They start looking. They see his head. They're like, and I'm telling you, I'm like this. I have a video of me in labor. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Someone hold me. Hold me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone hold me. Hold me. I'm going to fall. <laughs> it was so funny. Anyway, I'm on the first stool. The head's coming out. I'm like, no, I need to push. They're like, Nicole, you need to push. Get on all fours. At this point, I'm like, give me the gas. Give me the gas. I'm like, how do you use this thing? I'm taking the gas. I'm like, turn it up. Turn it up. They turn it up. I'm like, put the perineum on. Oh, put the perineum. Put the heat pack on my perineum. Put the heat pack on my perineum. They put the heat pack on my perineum. Next thing, the head midwife comes in and she goes to me. Nicole, darling, you're doing really well. Or Nicole, sweetheart, you're doing really well. But I need you to let go of the gas. And with this other contraction, you need to push. Now, the gas is not a pain reliever. It just it puts you in a daze, right? So it kind of takes you out of focus. I was never out of, I was never in focus. I was never out of focus in a way. I was always there in focus. Because when I knew they're not going ahead with my birth plan, with what I wanted, I was like, David, <laughs> advocate for me. <laughs> yes. The midwife said that to me. And I said, get the doctors out of here. And David said to me, if you don't push him out after this next surge, with this next surge, they're going to wheel you in for surgery. And I was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. No surgery. Let's get down to business. Let me take the gas off me. I'm on all fours. Before the surge even happens, they like push. I'm like, I can't push. I don't have a surge. 
I don't, I can't push. And we're breathing him out. We're not pushing him out. We're breathing him out. I can't do it at this point. You know when you start saying, I can't, I can't, I can't. Someone help me, you know. You're in transition. Yep. I'm like, I can't. Someone help me. I'm like, David, I can't. I'm like begging him. I'm holding on to him. I'm like, he goes, I just saw his head go down. Like, it's been a long day for him. And he's really tired. And I'm holding on to him. And I just saw he put his head down on the beanbag. Like, he's giving, I almost thought he was giving up on me. And when I saw that, I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're not giving up on me either. <laughs> Next push came. And I pushed. I pushed so hard. I felt the ring of fire. And I'm like, put the pack on my perineum. Put the pack on my perineum. And he came out. His head came out. His shoulders came out. And I just sat back. And he, I, they pulled him out, you know. And I put him on my chest. And I looked at him and I said, hi, mom. cry it's not a it wasn't a like cry emotional cry i was like oh my yes. god i did it oh, and my son is on, he's on the phone to my sister in england video recording i'm laying there pph i'm hemorrhaging <laughs> my placenta did not come out so then they go would you like some syntocinin i said no syntocinin we're gonna wait until 40 minutes or 30 minutes for my placenta to come out. My doula's like, some hospitals wait one hour, you know, for the placenta to come out. I'm pretty sure it's okay. I'm like, yes, you tell them. At this point, the pediatrician walks in, but he walked back out. So he walked in and he walked back out. So I was like, he just, he was here and then he's gone now. Anyway, so I'm laying there, I'm holding him. And I'm waiting for the, my placenta to come out, naturally. My placenta's not coming out. All these clots are coming out of me, clots, which was kind of a good thing, but the placenta was still stuck. So they they wanted to, to, they wanted to pull the placenta. I'm like, don't pull. Don't pull the placenta. They're like, we're going to give you some tocin. And I'm like, is it going to affect my baby? Is it, is it going to get some of that drug? Because I don't want him to have it. They're like, no, it's not. If we're only going to give you a little bit, it will be, you will barely touch him. I was like, okay, I trust you. How long so was this after you gave birth to him? So how many minutes after that did you get the syntocinin? They already wanted to give me the syntocinin. Okay. And I clearly stated on my birth preferences, no syntocinin, no nothing. But they completely avoided that, which is fine because a lot of things happened. You know, and we have to like be, you know, open. And then they said we can only wait until another twenty minutes because it's been thirty minutes already. And I said, okay. So we waited, waited, waited. Nothing. I said, let me get onto the bed because I was still laying on the floor, right? So I got onto the bed, out of the blood. They didn't cut the cord just yet. Now at the point they cut the cord, it had gone white. That's what I wanted. Right. Yeah, good. So delayed cord clamping was done. Um, we moved onto the bed, no placenta. They 
insert the cannula, put uh, me on a drip, and they gave me some tocinin and no placenta came out. Oh. Oh my God, I started panicking. I was like, my placenta is not coming out. I know the dangers of a placenta that is stuck inside. You've got to go to surgery if you, if you can't deliver it actually. So I said, we're going to get the doctor in. Doctors came in. They um, try to pull the placenta. I said, please don't pull. Please don't pull. Um, they said, we just, we need you to cough. Some coughing. <laughs> coughing. No placenta. Afterwards, I'm like, give me the gas because I'm in so much pain. Like, I need some relief. They gave me the gas. I had him on my chest and the placenta came out. They pulled the placenta out. It was the biggest placenta they had seen. Mary encapsulated my placenta, 223 capsules. <laughs> and I was like, wow. I was so big. It wasn't my baby. Yeah, it wasn't and your baby. It was the placenta. It was the placenta. My baby was 4.1 kilos. Let's just say Amazing. They, didn't, they didn't weigh him until like eight hours later. So I'm laying there in the hospital bed. My partner's on the couch. Doctors are coming in and out. After my placenta was delivered, I needed stitches. They did not stitch me up until the next morning, basically. I gave birth at 1.10. They stitched me up around 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock. It was a changeover. They hadn't checked Elijah. So he was laying like this on my chest, breastfeeding, going in and out of sleep, and they hadn't checked him. And I noticed him breathing a bit, you know, heavily. And I asked the midwife, is that okay? And she said, look, because of the meconium, that's quite normal. Um, you know, his chest was like going in and out. She said, that's quite normal. It's fine. Um, we'll just keep monitoring him. I said, cool. I had a second degree tear. They stitched me. The midwives obviously can't stitch because they're not accredited. So we had to wait for the doctors. The reason why it took them so long, they had seven or 11 emergency cesareans that night. 11 emergency cesareans. So I was not a priority. So I'm laying there, hemorrhaging in my blood with this baby on me, you know, trying to breastfeed, trying to make sure he's okay. It was a lot. Yeah. It was so much. So at about 7 o'clock, I said to my partner, let's put some clothes on him so I can go have a shower. And he was like, okay, he helped me. And as we're putting his clothes on, around 7.15, 7.30, the midwife changeover happened. So the midwife left, the doula left. Everyone left. It was just my partner and I. No one in the room with Elijah. All the doctors, everyone on the other side, you know. The changeover, midwife walked in and she goes, Hi, my name is this, this, this. I am the new midwife and I'm going to be taking care of you today. And it's like, yep, yeah, cool. While she's talking, I'm putting his clothes on and she takes a look at him. And she goes, one second. Has anyone checked him yet? I'm like, no. We've been laying here for eight hours almost. No one has checked him or me. Besides, they just stitched me up. We want to get moved to another room. I want to have a shower. We don't know what's going on. Like, can you find out what's happening, please? 
Anyway, she comes back. She comes back with four doctors and they, they take a look at Elijah. They put him on, they finally put him on the scale. They finally um, measured him. They checked him. They said, we need to take him to the nursery and just go have a look at him. At that point, I'm like, yep. Yeah, that's fine. You, you, you check him because I had meconium. I stood up and because I lost so much blood, I just fell back onto the bed. You know, my iron was really low. So I couldn't walk. I couldn't have a shower at that point. They put me in a wheelchair. They took him and they took him to the NICU. So he's gone to the NICU and he's gone for monitoring. Everything was fine. A few hours later, my partner comes into the room. He, um, we grab the bags, grab everything. They wheel me in, into the postnatal ward right across the, the delivery. I'm laying there. I get off the wheelchair and they're like, um, do you want to go see your baby? I said, yeah, where's my baby? See my baby. Go down to the NICU. Elijah is like unrecognizable. He has all these monitors on him. His heart rate is up. His oxygen is up in the machine. He's got this mask on his nose, CPAP, helping him breathe. It was all just so, it was like a movie. Was so did they tell you that had happened before you walked in or no it was like a surprise uh, surprise yeah. baby i was like what the fuck just happened we had that labor went so quickly i just birthed my son vaginally naturally no pain nothing he came up we had skin to skin he was on my boob he was fine he looked okay He's all hooked up to this wires and stuff. I was like, what just happened? He's in good hands. Let them monitor him. So they're monitoring him and they're doing his checks. Fast forward, five days later, he was in the NICU. You know, being a first-time mom, you have to navigate breastfeeding, getting up, going for a shower with your stitches and a, um, a bag of pee. What do you call it? Oh, you had a catheter in, yes. I'm being willed to go see my son. I'm bleeding. I'm in a state, you know. No one explains to you what's what's happening next. It's just you're finding out as you go. I'm still sitting there next to him. I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? I'm still trying to comprehend my whole labor. And then I'm sitting there trying to comprehend what happened to him. And he had all these things lined up and all this stuff going for him. And I was like, oh, my God. Did I not do the right thing? Is it because I went full term? It was my fault. You know, mom guilt started kicking in. Of course, yeah. And no one says to you, it's not your fault. No one says anything, you know. And obviously, it wasn't my fault. It's just he was a bit distressed and he swallowed his meconium. And when they swallow the meconium, you know, it affects the lungs, the breathing and stuff like that. And that's normal for them to do all of those things. Yep, five, five days later, fourth day, third day, I was told I need to express feed. So I'm pumping my boobs. My milk hasn't come in properly and I'm pumping and pumping and pumping. They're killing me. The next day I wake up and they're engorged. They're hard. I thought I had mastitis. I was like, do I have mastitis? They're like, no, you don't have mastitis. I was like, okay. Oh, my God, I feel so sore. This is not normal. You know, porn star vibes. So the lactation consultant was like, you need to make sure that you're expressing 
and he's drinking up to one liter a day. I was like, that's a lot of milk. Yep. That's two bottles of this bottle of water. Oh my gosh. Here's a big boy. They keep telling me, here's a big boy. And I was like, oh my gosh. I'm in the, the, the neonatal, you know, the NICU. And everyone that walks past goes, oh my God, what a big boy. What a big boy. He would have been the biggest one there. The biggest one, 4.1 kilos. He was a pre, because there's a lot of premature babies there. That's right. Um, Yeah, so he graduated to the other NICU, the next level down on the fourth day, on the third day, sorry. And two days he was in the other NICU. And then he came to the bedroom with me. And we had our first night together, which was so intense because the person next to me that I was sharing with had just given birth and she had a C-section and her newborn was screaming the roof off. Luckily, Elijah slept. Okay, so he was sleeping. But while he's sleeping, I'm trying to feed him. I'm trying to pump because I have to give him all this milk and I'm trying to get some sleep. Like, how much? How? Yeah. How? Basically then, all by yourself, right? All by, all by yourself. And then you have these midwives coming, doing their ops in the morning and during the night, and they're banging the door, wheeling their thing in, doing their ops, putting the lights on, the hospital. Yeah. Just when you're about to go to sleep, someone uh-huh. walks in. It's driving me nuts. Okay, yeah. To get out of here. I need my own room or I need to get out of here. The sixth day, um, I thought, oh, we're going to, no, the sixth day, we were together again. The seventh day, I'm like, oh, today we may be going home. We've been here for a week. Yeah? No. The doctor walks in. They check my stitches. They say, you're fine. They check baby. Yep, he's fine. But we need to do a COVID test on you because one of the midwives um, came back positive and they were working with your baby. I was like, no fucking way. This is the seventh day here. Now you want to test us for COVID. Just let me go home. Let me go home. Let me go isolate in my house. He was tested. I was tested. My mom was tested. David was tested. We all came back negative. However, they sent us to a room by ourselves where we had to isolate from everyone, even though we were negative. This is the third night with a newborn. And he is seven days old. And I'm by myself in this room. They're coming to me with PPE clothes on, masks and everything, treating us like COVID patients, which Mm. I understand. It's protocol. I do understand that. But my baby was healthy and fine and ready to go home. He was cleared by the pediatrician. You know, on the eighth day, the pediatrician said, oh, he could have gone home like two days ago. He's fine. He's breathing Mm. He's breathing really well. He's feeding really well. He's sucking really well. You heard him, right? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. They kept us. And I just felt so, not not just violated of my rights, I felt so, like, confined in the space. I'm not eating. I'm not, I'm not, um, I'm constipated. I don't have enough water in the room, you know. I'm class like I'm not class of feeding, but he was feeding on me all the time. When I put him down, he didn't want to stay in that freaking hard um, bed of theirs. 
it was so uncomfortable Tina I just wanted to come home yeah of course in England and she's like Nicole you know just sleep with him in the bed just sleep you need rest you need rest because at that point the eighth day I was just like I haven't slept for days I haven't slept for three days so tired I'm so tired I just want to go home I put him down next to me the midwife came in and I'm like sorry I just have to because you can't put him put them down next to you I'm yeah like, I'm so tired she goes you're fine you're fine darling sleep next to him I'm like can you take him because I'm not sleeping I can't feed him if I'm not sleeping <laughs> she's like I can't take him because of PPE and all of that. We we don't have enough staff. We're short staff. Sleep with him in the bed. And I was like, yes. Up with the railings next to him. I did not sleep because I was making sure that he was okay. But I just lay down and it was the best feeling ever. I woke up the next morning with him on me. Seven o'clock. I called the bar. I hit the buzzer all the time. All the time. You know the buzzer in the room? I was hitting yeah. it. I was hitting buzzer get the get the pediatrician get the pediatrician get the pediatrician the pediatrician said he's gonna come see me she's gonna come see me at eight o'clock make sure they're here at eight o'clock get her in get her in i was being so annoying because i'm like you're holding me here against my will we're both negative right i didn't sleep mm. last night i need to go home right now i said to the midwife if you don't let me go home if if i don't get clearance today i'm packing my bags and i'm walking out of this hospital She's like, it's fine because you're an amber. You can do that. You don't need help to go out of the hospital. I'm like, good shot. The pediatrician, luckily the pediatrician comes in. They check him. He's all clear. He's healthy. He's amazing. He's happy. He's strong. He's lifting his head up. You know, he's yeah. so good. And they checked me again oh my gosh the lack of communication in the hospitals is unreal we have all my stuff on file all my stuff on file but you're not communicating oh we have to call the neonatal oh we have to call the pediatrician oh we have to why you have my documents my stuff on your file when you put my name in your system my whole thing comes up mm -hmm. you know it was really a really bad experience in the end in the beginning, I was really grateful for the neonatal care, like the NICU people. My partner yeah. in pancakes. We said thank you, you know, for looking after Elijah, making him stronger. But afterwards, everything just went downhill. It was like this with the hospital. Good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you expect that. the public health system, you know. And especially short-staffed is obviously short -staffed that they were COVID. COVID. Yeah. I really expect that. And I do understand. And I said to the midwife, I do understand. It's not your fault. I'm sorry. I'm really tired. But I'm not getting the support right now. I need support. I need you to take him away from me so I can sleep. This is dangerous. You may not sleeping. Him not sleeping. You know, this is dangerous for the both of us. I tell you, they cleared me and I ran out of that hospital with my partner. <laughs> See you guys. Bye. Never coming back here again. My next birth is a home birth. Never coming back here again. Screw this, people. I ran out of the hospital. My partner came. He came so fast. And then they said to us, 
because we're COVID patients, we need to go through the loading dock. Okay, they're going to escort oh, yes. us to the loading dock. And oh, then they like call lepers. Then they call me and say, no, 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 it's fine. You're actually negative. So tell your partner to come back through the hospital and come take you out. I was like, you're fucking kidding me? Are you guys serious right now? And yeah, that was it. That was my birthday. That was so crazy. Oh my gosh. I know. And I said to the midwife, I said, you know what? I'm going to write a letter to the head and say thank you for my amazing midwife I had because without her, a lot of these things would have been possible. But also I need to express how disappointed I am with what happened afterwards, the treatment I was getting, how I felt, how you made me feel left alone with my son, isolating, you know. And we were negative. It's a different yeah. story. We were positive. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And the midwife told me that night. She goes, "You know what? I had a lady that was laying here. She was positive, and we left her here, and she had to sleep here on her own, like making me feel really bad." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like it that's weird. it's not normal. Like I should be home having my like everyone help me, and you know. Not being left here, like, yeah, yes. can you just at least say, I understand? Yes. If you can't do anything, just say, I know. No, <laughs> I feel bad for you. Yes. And it's been amazing being home besides not sleeping. Newborn <laughs> <laughs> life. Um, and a lot of concealer on today. <laughs> it looked great. Thank you. <laughs> um, and lots of decaf coffee. I had a caffeine coffee yesterday. And he did not sleep, so don't have the caffeine coffee. Yeah, I know. Well, some people they find it affects their baby's sleep, and some people, yeah, they're my like has coffee all the time and doesn't affect mm. her baby's sleep. Mm. Yeah, I had a vaginal birth, all natural, um, gas towards the end. Use my hypnobirthing tools. Use my hypnobirthing tracks. Um, no induction. Um, I stuck strong. You know, I was very determined, and. I would do it all again, but I'll Even do it. Even when again. things, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're like, I think you messaged me not long after, like, I'm doing it at home next time. You're like, I'm really grateful for the hospital and, like, you know, that they, like, looked after him and stuff, but also I'm going to do it at home next time. I'm going to do it at home next time. If there is a next time, you don't know. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, yes, your course really helped me, and I definitely recommend anyone to do a hypnobirthing course. It's not what people think like all weird, you know, hypno shit making you in a trance. Yeah. It's about, also, it's about knowing what happens in hospitals. I mean, before I came to see you, I already knew all the things you spoke about. So it was very relatable for me. Yeah. And I agreed. And I didn't think it would happen to me, but it did. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It happened to me. So. It's very important to be aware. Be aware of your rights. Know what you can get. Know what you can't get. And, and I think you did. You were very aware and you had done a lot of research. Like you said, you were reading all the time all and, time. you know, watch birth time and all of this stuff. So you are very knowledgeable. But it's important then for your partners to exactly. actually get some of that education because, yeah. I mean, I don't want to generalise, but most dads are not going to be sitting up late at night reading books. No. And reading about birthrights. He did not read about he read one book. 
He did not oh, read That's great. He didn't read listen to one podcast I sent him. I like a footy yeah. player, um, Benji Marshall, he had a baby and him and his wife, Zoe, you know, they had a podcast yes. at the birth story. I sent it to him. Did he listen to it? No. <laughs> and and he, you thought he might because it's a footballer. You're like, oh, it's Benji Marshall, maybe you'll listen. And he loves Benji Marshall. And I said to him, You listen to Benji Marshall's um story. He's like, Yeah, whatever. You know? So taking him but to then, the birthing yes. course. Yeah. And I showed him, like, look at all the other dads here, you know? Yeah. This is yeah. not just for weird people or people that are into this type of thing. It's for everyone. And yeah. he was so informed. He left that class and he said, I actually enjoyed that. Yeah, wow. So he enjoyed it. And then we got to experience it. And, yeah. you know, the very important part is he stood up for me. He said, no, he, you know, he was hands-on. He was telling me to breathe. He's like, you're not breathing. You're not breathing. And I'm like, I am breathing. I am breathing. <laughs> my doula was like, blow out the candles. And I was like, and then I'm like, <laughs> and she's like, blow out the candles. I'm like, I am blowing them out. <laughs> I'm just blowing out 100 candles. <laughs> I'm just blowing them out really fast. <laughs> it's so oh, funny. so funny. Oh, my, oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. Everything was amazing. I mean, postpartum yeah. is now something that I'm tackling and, yes. um, you know, reading up about that the first 40 days. I've had mm. my soup. Um, I'm looking forward to doing some more chiral work, some acupressure, just to, you know, straighten me up. And then ready yeah. for my six-week clearance for the pelvic floor physio. So definitely highly recommend all of those things. Um, it can become really costly, guys, but yeah, an investment. That's know? right. So yeah, thank you, Tina. For yes, thank you so much. And, for and I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna link uh, your Instagram as well in the show notes. So if anyone wants to follow you and follow your journey and your postpartum, which I'll I'm sure you'll be more. posting out, you're posting about. Yeah, I'm gonna keep sharing, and I really want a like I really want women to feel empowered yeah yeah and yeah, i definitely, definitely enjoyed my labor besides everything that happened afterwards um yeah i really enjoyed my labor i'm sure so many women will enjoy listening to your story will learn a lot and it was also highly entertaining which is great because i feel like a lot of women learn from entertaining stories not just textbooks and things like that so yeah I really appreciate that you took the time out to do this. Thanks, Nicole. Bye.